listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. What is up, everybody? Ted Shuttlesworth back with you again this week on the podcast. So excited that you're joining me again, and uh, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be back. I love the podcast, and um, I love this medium. I love being able to talk to you like this, which is why, by the way, I never recycle content um, for the most part of the podcast. I love to be able to just talk to you um, face-to-face and just kind of give you what's in my spirit at the time. And um, that's why I really love this uh, this format for us so that whatever's in my spirit, and it, plus it drops quickly. It's like, you know, most of the time I'll record these on the day that they're released, which allows me to always be very current um, if anything that I want to talk about, even anything that's happening, um, I get to be very current and very quickly get it to you. So I want to welcome you back today. I've got a good one for you. And this is something that's been kind of on my mind and in my heart uh, for a long, long time. It's kind of almost um, become a habit with me. And I wanted to just share it with you because what I'm going to talk to you about today is something that I truly believe is the key or the cornerstone of success in any person's life. And the Bible teaches that it is, and I'm going to show you in just a moment what you can do to make sure that you're always running with momentum, um, not stumbling or being hindered in, in what you're called to do. And that's actually, I'm going to take you to a passage in the Bible that actually says that. And, uh, but I want to talk about this for a little bit. And if you have questions, I would love for you to uh, send them to me. You can send them to me on Twitter, uh, which is a very easy way to, for me to get back to you at T Shuttlesworth is my username. You can at reply me, uh, send me a message there. You can send me a direct message on Instagram at Ted Shuttlesworth is my name on Instagram. Uh, however you'd like to do it. And uh, let's talk about this. And if you have questions, because many people do, uh, we can we can talk about it as we go. But I wanted to just give you some things from the Word of God today that uh, I truly believe will help you to uh, go beyond the normal. Because there's so many people that, and you know, if you ask Carolyn, this is one of my biggest pet peeves, is being around people who only do enough to get by. I cannot stand when people just do the average, Um, you know, people that work their job and do just enough to not get fired. Obviously, that's not excellence. And, um, you know, I, I, I can't stand dealing with that type of a situation where you know that people aren't doing their best. And, uh, and it creates a lot of average out there. There's a lot of average and there's a lot of below average. And God wants you to excel and to exceed uh, in all that you do, exceed the normal, exceed the standard in all that you do. And um, this, what we're going to talk about today is a massive part of your success in the kingdom of God 
and in whatever you set your hand to do. Uh, That's why I want you to turn, if you have a Bible, if you're just listening in the car or something, listen, I'll read it to you. But I'm in Proverbs chapter 4, and we're going to talk about wisdom and understanding today for the time that we have. Wisdom and understanding, this is so vital that you understand this. I'm in Proverbs 4. I'm going to start reading in verse number 5. And um, I'll read you you know, a few verses of Scripture um, down to maybe verse 13 of Proverbs 4. And this is what the Bible says. Get wisdom, get insight. Do not forget and do not turn away from the words of my mouth. Do not forsake her and she will keep you talking about wisdom, love her and she will guard you. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom and whatever you get, get insight. Verse eight, prize her highly and she will exalt you. She will honor you if you embrace her. She will place on your head a graceful garland. She will bestow on you a beautiful crown. Verse 10, hear my son and accept my words that the years of your life may be many. I've taught you the way of wisdom. I've led you in the paths of uprightness. Now look at verses 12 and 13. When you walk, your step will not be hampered. And if you run, you will not stumble. So keep hold of instruction and do not let go. Guard her, for she is your life. So right there, this is key. You know, the, the entire Bible, by the way, is wisdom. You know, the word of God is wisdom. I mean, we know that. But understand, in a book that is filled with wisdom, there was a book in the 66 books that's just dedicated to wisdom. And if you read Proverbs chapter one, it kind of lays that out and explains that, you know, it's, it's a book that would help even the young become wise. And so in a book of wisdom, there's a book of wisdom. And in the book that's written uh, for wisdom, it says here that your entire life is based on gaining instruction and gaining wisdom. And it listed all those benefits that you will have simply by keeping wisdom in front of your eyes. And one of the things that I wanted to cover today really is there's got to be a plan in place in your life for you to continue to grow in wisdom because that's God's plan obviously is that you continue to grow in every area, but wisdom apparently is paramount in the kingdom. I mean, there's nothing more important according to the Bible, than wisdom, living by wisdom. So there's you have to have a plan in place in your life to ensure you're going to continue to grow in wisdom. And if you do, the Bible says that she'll guard you. Wisdom will guard you. It says that wisdom will exalt you. Wisdom will uh, honor you. Uh Not to mention, verse 9, if you really want to see it, wisdom will beautify you. There's nothing beautiful about stupidity. There's nothing beautiful about ignorance. But according to Scripture, that you will receive a beautiful crown when you walk in wisdom. Now, let me go further. Another benefit, that your life will be extended. You'll live a long time. 
That's verse 10. And then here's what I like too. Your steps will not be hampered and you'll not stumble when you run. And then finally, your entire life is comprised of what wisdom you do or do not have. Now, if you've listened to the podcast for any period of time, you'll know that I don't believe in, uh, obviously in fate, no Christian should, or luck. Um, I believe that your life is a combination of what you said and sowed in days past. Your life is just seed time and harvest in every area. Every action, every decision you make is a seed that produces a harvest. And so obviously, according to scripture, I believe that our lives are just harvests of seeds that we've sown in the path. The Bible says, uh, do not be deceived. God is not mocked whatsoever a man sows that shall he also reap. That's Galatians chapter six and verse seven. So you understand that that's not just talking about finances, but it uses the word whatsoever a man sows. That will he also reap. That means no matter what you do, say, every decision, every action is a seed that will produce a harvest. And so we've got to be very, very uh, careful about the decisions we make and the things that we choose to do and say in our life. And that's what Proverbs is encouraging us here to continue to get wisdom, insight, and don't turn away from instruction, value it, uh, keep hold of it throughout your entire life. So the question is really, is what are you doing to continue to build or gain wisdom? What are you doing to continue to build or gain wisdom? So I want to give you some avenues as to how you can continue to build and gain wisdom. Let 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 me first tell you the worst possible way. I'll start with that. The worst possible way to build or gain wisdom, and that's by trial and error. (laughs) I mean, you can build wisdom that way, but it's the worst way is by trial and error, trying everything that could work until you find something that does work. That, by the way, is not God's desire for how you will increase. God doesn't want every generation to have to start at ground level and build up from there. That's not God's plan. So I want you to understand that there are godly ways to gain wisdom. And so the first one obviously is not a godly way, trial and error. God doesn't want you to have to be held back uh, for 60 years trying to figure out what works and what doesn't work. Uh, But let me give you the first that I would consider the good way. It should be part of your arsenal when it comes to gaining and building wisdom in your life. Number one, the Bible says in James chapter one and verse five, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God who gives generously to all without reproach and it will be given to him. And so the first way, according to scripture, to gain wisdom is to ask God for it humbly. And the Bible says God's not going to rebuke you for asking for wisdom because obviously you are praying in line with his will and his word, which is he wants his children to be wise. So he's going to honor that prayer and he's going to answer that prayer 
because he wants you to act in a wise way and he wants you to be wise. And so when you pray, that's why the Bible says he'll give generously to all without reproach or without rebuking them for asking uh, for wisdom. And so let me just say, number one, part of your prayer time should be spent asking God to give you supernatural wisdom. If you look at uh, the prayers that Paul prayed over the church in Ephesus in chapters one and three of Ephesians, one of the things that he prays for them is that they would be given a spirit of wisdom and revelation. So what you're praying for uh, when you pray and asking God for wisdom, what you're really asking him for is a spirit of wisdom, according to Paul. There is a spirit of wisdom. The Bible says that we have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. The Bible also tells and teaches us that the Holy Spirit will teach us all things. So there is a spirit of wisdom that you can tap into. There is a spirit of revelation, according to Paul. He called it a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. So you as a believer have the benefit of tapping into the spirit of wisdom and revelation. And so I always tell people this, that you should never say that you can't do something. You should never say that you don't have the ability or that you're not smart enough or, well, I just don't understand computers. You know, that's one of the things I've heard from older people as they, uh, you know, trying to get a job or a new job. Well, everything's on computers these days and I'm just not good with computers. You should never say something like that when you're a believer who's filled with the spirit because you have unlimited potential in the presence of God. You have unlimited potential in the presence of God. If the Holy Spirit teaches you all things, do you honestly think he can't teach you the computer? Do you honestly think he can't teach you how to use software that you need to learn in order to get the job you want? No, he can teach you all things. You can tap in to a spirit of wisdom and revelation. You can tap into the mind of Christ, the Bible says. You know, many people are surprised when they hear me play the piano. They're surprised to hear that I've never taken any piano lessons. They're surprised to hear that I don't have never gone to school for music or uh, trained in that way uh, for what for what I do now. Many people are surprised to hear that. And they're also surprised to hear how late in life I began to play the piano. They say, how, when did you start playing as a little boy? I said, no, I started around 17 years old which is late, you know, for most musicians. But what ended up happening to me was that I was able to tap in to a spirit of wisdom and revelation to the mind of Christ. I'm telling you this because it's part of my testimony that I don't get the glory for how well I can play the keyboard, but God gets all the glory because it's by the spirit of wisdom and revelation that I was able to obtain what I've obtained so far. And I was in, and many of you, some of you may have heard this story already, but I was in a service when we used to travel on the road with an evangelist by the name of R.W. Shambach. And I used to love being in those praise and worship services. And, 
you know, I'd be on the front row dancing and shouting. And I started to love that type of music. And finally, I would go stand over on the side of the stage and just kind of watch the musicians play while they played. And then I built up a little more courage and I would walk up the stairs and I'd stand on the edge of the stairs at the top of the platform and watch Lance Palmer play the keyboard and Willie Isaac on the uh, organ and different guys. And I just sit there and watch and love it. And I built a little bit more uh, boldness up to where I would just get up off the uh, of the steps and sit on the edge of the organ bench and uh, and just keep my eye on what they were doing. And, you know, Brother Shambach used to come out and see me over there and he'd just kind of smile and shake his head. And he saw the desire that I had in my heart and it was a desire to praise and worship God like that. Well, one Sunday, uh, he used to do his tent meetings for 10 days. It would start on a Friday night and it would end on the following Sunday. So 10 days. And uh, that was always a an afternoon children's blessing service on the final Sunday. And he would lay hands on every child and teenager in under the tent. And when I came over the ramp that day to be prayed for, I remember he stopped me and he laid hands on me and said, God, give him that gift that he desires to have to praise you and to worship you. And when he laid hands on me, the anointing of God was imparted to me and a spirit of wisdom and revelation came alive in my life. And of course, it, you know, it doesn't relieve you of all responsibility to press in and to do what you need to do by dedication and responsibility. But when I... I got hands laid upon me. I remember going uh, to one meeting shortly after that with my dad. And we were in the Chicago area. And a family gave me a Roland D50 keyboard, which is the first keyboard I ever owned, brought it back home. I would set it up in my room and I would just come home from school and play hours and hours a day. Went and got a chord dictionary from uh, Barnes and Noble, or maybe back then it was Walden Books. I can't remember what, what store it was. And, and began to learn all the different chords and study to show myself approved, as the Bible says. And um, I can remember that there was a hunger and a desire in me to gain more and more wisdom and knowledge in that area of what God was using to gift me or to uh, talent me with. And so I, I began to push. So you understand it was a combination because I never had training. I never went to school, never took a class, didn't nothing. I knew none of that. It began, however, with the spirit of wisdom and revelation. So that was the first thing. So God gave me a supernatural wisdom. Now, I tell people this. It's not that I just sat down at the piano, began to play, didn't know what I was playing. I was like, I don't know what it is. I'm just playing. I don't even know what I'm playing. No, that wasn't my story. Mine worked more like this, is that God anointed my mind to retain knowledge. God anointed my mind to retain knowledge. And so everything that I uh, did to increase was was predicated upon me dedicating myself to study. As the Bible says, study to show yourself approved. And of course, in the context of the scripture, it's speaking to preachers so that you can properly preach the word of of truth and properly preach doctrine without... uh, improperly dividing it. But it remains true in any area that you can study to show yourself approved as a workman for God that doesn't need to be ashamed of what he's doing. 
And so my my job for God was going to be at that time a worshiper. And so I'd sit down and I want you to see how these combine together. So the first way was prayer for a spirit of wisdom. So number one, I, I, I received that prayer, continued to pray that wisdom would increase. But then, obviously, it was coupled with impartation. So prayer and impartation. So the laying on of hands from Brother Shambach was a divine impartation. And so understand this prayer, you can pray to God yourself for something. And God will answer your prayers if you're praying in line with his will. But number two was impartation. So the second way to gain supernatural wisdom is by impartation. Impartation is different than what most people think it is. Uh, But you can benefit from the supernatural experience and natural experience of another person. And you can serve that person and sit under them and learn and receive from them what they have. That's why it's important for every person to be seeking out someone. I did a podcast episode on this, the three relationships that you must have in life. You've got to have that person that's over you, that's doing what you are called to do at a much higher level that's imparting to you. That's what Elijah did for Elisha. It's what Moses did for Joshua. It's what Paul did for Timothy. It's what Jesus did for the disciples. And we've got to have that. The second way to receive wisdom is by impartation. So you can pray to God for yourself without impartation and receive a measure of wisdom. But on the second hand, you can also sit under a gift of somebody who is gifted by God, who's done what you're trying to do for decades, and by impartation, receive wisdom from them, which will propel you further than you're supposed to be at your current age or stage of purpose. So you could be a 20-year-old that's further along than a 40-year-old because you've actively received impartation for five years since you're 15. And that's what it does is it pushes you beyond where you should be because you're benefiting from the wisdom and the knowledge and revelation and anointing of another who's gone further than you or, or is stronger in that gift than you. I'm writing a book right now called Further Faster, which is taking longer than it should to come out. And I apologize to everybody that's pre-ordered it, but I'm working diligently on it and it will come out soon. But I start by telling a story about my daughters, Madeline and Brooklyn, to explain impartation and how it works. It's, it's really the transference of a gifting or endowment or strength from one individual to another. And I can remember, you know, my daughters, by the way, are very competitive and uh, they're always looking to see who can get the most of daddy's attention and who can do this and that and who wins in a race. And, you know, one will be cry and be mad. So we were in the pool one afternoon in Florida and they wanted to be competitive again. They wanted to race. And so what they were going to do as we uh, got in the pool is that they were going to race from one side of the pool to the other. Well, at the time that this took place, Maddie was, and she's my oldest daughter, she was a much better swimmer than Brooklyn was and much faster at swimming than Brooklyn was at the time. 
And I watched as they did a few races and, you know, Maddie's so competitive. She has no heart to like, let just like let her sister win or whatever. That's not happening. So she'd beat her bad every single time. Plus Maddie had already learned how to swim under the water, which made her even faster. And so Brooklyn was so frustrated. She was getting mad. Her little lip was pouting out at the bottom and she was on the verge of tears because she couldn't beat her sister Maddie. And so I said, it's all right. And she was about to cry and say, daddy, it's not fair and all this. And I said, it's all right. Let's do one more race. And Maddie was down for another race. So she turned her back. She was in the ready position, but Brooklyn was still looking at me and I kind of winked my eye and she got a little mischievous grin on her face because she knew what that wink meant. Daddy's going to help you in this race. And so I said, all right, turn around next to Maddie and let's get ready for the race. And as I said, on your mark, get set, go. Maddie took off swimming under the water. Well, I grabbed Brooklyn from behind and I tossed her forward hard in the pool and pushed her far beyond Maddie and pushed her out towards past the center of the pool. And then she started kicking and swimming as hard as she could. And Maddie finally came up for breath and saw Brooklyn so far ahead of her. And, and she, she was like confused and baffled. And Brooklyn was already getting ready to touch the other side of the pool and win the race. And Maddie, realizing what happened, turned around, looked at me. She's like, Daddy. Like, you know, she understood what happened. But that's exactly how impartation functions. It allows you, and that's why the book is called, by the way, Further Faster, is because by the help and the strength and the impartation of another individual, it allows you to go further faster than you normally could with your own strength. Brooklyn didn't have the ability to beat Maddie or to go that far that fast. But when I imparted strength to her by throwing her forward, it allowed her to go past where she should have been in her own natural strength and accomplish a goal that she never would have been able to accomplish without impartation. And that's what it is. And that's why God uses it in his kingdom to keep us successful. It would be dumb of God to try to make every generation start from the bottom. We would never get anywhere in the body of Christ. But God allows us to stand on the shoulders of those who have gone before us and continue to go higher and higher with every generation. And so the second way to obtain wisdom is by impartation. Number one, by prayer. Number two, by impartation. And number three, by dedicated study. As I said to you before, study to show yourself approved. You should have some sort of a regimen or a habit within your life that allows you to uh obtain knowledge. Obviously, you know, this goes without saying that you have a Bible study and reading plan uh, uh, that you're reading the Bible on a daily basis. But beyond that, you know, what are you doing to continue to build wisdom in your uh, in your field of the, or whatever you do for work, whatever you do for a career? What are you doing to make yourself a more excellent worker than those that are around you? What study are you doing? If, if, if your career is something where it's not necessarily a place where you can um, get ahead or you take over the company or whatever, if, if you've been someone who's decided to have a side business instead of just looking for promotion within your corporation and you've decided to build as an entrepreneur a business on the side, what are you doing with that? That's allowing you to go further and become a blessing to the kingdom. Are you studying? Are you staying on top? 
You know, one of the things that's sad is that many people stop reading after they get out of high school or college and never read anymore. They never read again. But reading is very, very important uh, to your success because it's one of the main ways that we obtain knowledge, whether we're, we're reading an actual book, an ebook, listening to an audio book, you know, podcasts, articles, whatever we're doing, whatever form we're taking of ingesting that information, it needs to be there. You know, it needs to be there. You should be reading. That's why we give you reading lists. And I provide books every now and then that are great reading lists for your year. Um, that's why we launch things like Miracle Word University, you know, which I, which I sincerely believe in that we're getting ready to expand to not just courses about doctrine, but I'm even going to add on their courses for worshipers that if people want to learn how to play the keyboard for their church or their youth group, we're going to launch a keyboard course and then other instruments as we go further so that people can learn how to do these things. And listen, I want to encourage you, uh, if you've not gotten a chance to check out Miracle Word University, I want to encourage you to do it. Um, you can browse to Miracle Word you, the letter you.com and browse the courses that we have available there. Each course is about five to six hours of teaching and uh, extremely affordable, only $69 for the course. And uh, you can, um, at that point, do it at your own leisure. There's no timeline. There's no deadline. There's no tests you have to take, but it helps you to continue to understand at a greater level the word of God, and it equips you to be a more powerful believer in what you're called to do, builds your faith. And so I want to encourage you guys to check it out. It's another avenue that we're providing you to build knowledge and wisdom and revelation in your life. And as the Bible said very clearly, it's that when you gain wisdom, when you gain knowledge, what ends up taking place is that you are propelled forward into success. And the Bible says you'll run without stumbling and uh, you'll walk without being hindered or hampered. It's very powerful. It is your life. It makes me think of the story that I heard uh, of a a kid that was going to church in, uh, in Tampa. And uh, there was a, a, a software development company who put out an issue online that they were having a problem solving with their coders and their and their uh, engineers. And they were saying that if anybody can give us a hand on this and help us solve this coding issue, well, this teenage kid, who I don't think was even, a, even out of uh, high school yet in Tampa, he started to look at the issue, look at the problem, solved it for the company, which was Microsoft, by the way. And when he solved it for them and sent them back the, the solution, they gave him and sent him a check for $1 million as a teenager. He was getting ready to graduate high school, ended up building his parents a house. Well, what happened? How did he go head and shoulders above the rest? He had a wisdom and an understanding that other people just didn't have. Let, let me just say this. I've, I've heard this said before, and it's not original to me, but I'll, I'll I want to tell it to you, is that, you, the, I'll tell you what causes a greater value on your life. Your value increases as an individual, as far as towards others, how they perceive your value. Or for example, if somebody was deciding if they were going to hire you or how much they were going to pay you, your value is perceived by what problems you can solve for another. Your value is perceived based upon what problems you can solve for somebody else. 
So the more problems you can solve, the more valuable you are, the more indispensable you are. For example, if within your company, you just do all that it takes to not get fired and that's all you're doing, you're laying back, then you'll never be in line for the greater. But remember this, the more problems you can solve, the more valuable you are to those that you're serving, to those that you're helping. And as a result, you will always be a standout in comparison to others who aren't willing to build that kind of wisdom and knowledge. And as a result, you'll always be in line for an upgrade, a promotion, because you have abilities that others just don't seem to have. Makes me think of the story of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. How when they were called in with all the other young men in the kingdom that were seemingly the top of the top, the cream of the crop, they continued to obey God even in their dietary restrictions. And at the end of the trial period, they, obeying God and doing what they were supposed to do, were were head and shoulders above the rest of the young men in the kingdom because they served the Lord. And the king favored them He favored Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he favored Daniel. You know, you've got serious favor with the government. If you can blatantly like disobey king's commands and be given second and third chances. You know, when, when, when King Nebuchadnezzar decided to build a statue and tell everybody in the kingdom, when you hear the music, bow to my statue and worship it, and everyone in the nation's bowing on their face, and three guys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, are just standing there, you know, normally it would just be like, you know, you're dead, off with your head, get thrown into the furnace, whatever. He actually called them in. This is the kind of favor they had with the king because of their level of wisdom and, and, and how they served him. He actually called them and said, I don't think you understood the instructions. When you heard the music, I mean, they, they, they literally had to defy him to his face and say, I don't care how long you play the music, we're not bowing until he was so angry he threw them in. But I mean, think of the favor that you have because of your wisdom, because of the fact that you can solve problems for somebody else. It's what caused the rise that Joseph had in the kingdom to become second only to Pharaoh himself. His anointing caused him to be a problem solver. His anointing caused him to be a problem solver. And your wisdom will do that for you. Your wisdom will cause you to be a problem solver. And it'll cause you to be valued wherever you go. And the Bible says is that wisdom itself will exalt you. It will cause you to be beautiful in the sight of others. It will guard you. And it will keep you. And it'll give you momentum as you live your life. You'll continue to increase and not decrease if you continue to build wisdom. How do we do it? We do it by prayer. We do it by impartation. And we do it by dedication to study to show ourselves approved. This is a generation that we're living in that more than ever, we need people who will gain wisdom and understanding so that we can do what we're called to do successfully. Without question, God wants you to succeed in everything you put your hand to do. And it takes prayer, it takes impartation, it takes study. Even the Apostle Paul, you know, when he was writing his letters, he was telling them what to bring to him when they came from what he left behind. He said, you know, bring my coat and all the other stuff. He said, but most of all, bring my parchments, my notes, and my books. The Apostle Paul, one of the greatest men in the New Testament, 
wrote two-thirds of the New Testament. Notice what he was calling for, his parchment, his notes, and his books. He was a man of study, sat at the feet of Gamaliel, one of the greatest teachers in the history of Judaism, and God used him in a mighty way to do great things for the kingdom of God. God wants to use you, and he wants you to continue to build wisdom and understanding and have the ability to be a problem solver in your generation, and I believe you will be. I believe that you'll be head and shoulders above the rest at, on your job, at your school, whatever you put your hand to do, and that favor will fall upon your life by the power of God. Let me pray for you. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you now that you would give every one of us, just as Paul prayed, a spirit of wisdom and revelation, the mind of Christ. I pray, Lord, that as we continue in what we're called to do, we'll have a hunger and a desire to move forward like we never have a fire burning in us to move forward and be promoted in the kingdom of God. Use us mightily before it's too late, before Jesus comes and make us impactful for the kingdom. Make us a blessing to our generation. We thank you for it. We give you all the praise and glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Once again, before we go, let me say, don't forget to have a plan for yourself. What are you reading? What are you listening to? What are you studying? What are you making sure that you're honing? What talents, what gifts, what that God's put in your life? What are you honing? What are you continuing to increase at? Don't let your talents go dormant. Don't let them lie, but continue to increase them so that God will not only use you, but be pleased with your life. I love you guys. Don't forget until next time, goodness and mercy are following you for the rest of your life. Talk to you soon. We would love for you to join us in a live service. To find out when Ted Shuttlesworth Jr. will be near you, please visit our website at www.miracleword.com.